It's trade season and the Blue Jays are going to be buyers. Ahead of the 2022 trade deadline on August 2nd, Ethan Diamandis and I, Mitch Bannon, preview the pending transactions and potential moves for Toronto. We discuss the team's general approach at the deadline and then break down some names that fit with what the Blue Jays need, all the way from Noah Syndergaard to Joe Mantiply. Thanks as always for listening to the Inside the Blue Jays podcast. We have almost made it to the trade deadline. It feels like Toronto's been a part of trade rumors and there have been, you know, trade discussions at, at all levels um, in the weeks and maybe even, you know, a month or two leading into this. But we're getting close. This is going to be our last podcast before the deadline, right? So plenty of rumors and options to cover. And it just so happened, given the time of the year and that trades are on everyone's mind. The media got to speak to Blue Jays general manager Ross Atkins um, on Wednesday, and he was a little tight-lipped, as he tends to be sometimes. Um, but there I would was say there even were... more tight-lipped than usual. I don't know if you got a different read, but I, I think he was he was in business mode. He knows he knows uh, other markets are watching. Maybe other GMs are are tuning into inside the blue jays.com to uh, read our <laughs> glorious trade coverage and, and the such. Um, but yeah, he, he, he covered a few things, Mitch, I guess off the top, what were your biggest takeaways from chatting with Ross? Yeah. I think even looking at a few quotes going back and kind of trying to figure out what the takeaways are. Uh, I think my big things were right now, as of kind of Wednesday, Thursday, prices are high. Like don't expect the big move, the the Luis Castillo, Frankie Montes moves, maybe the Juan Soto move to happen today. Uh, I think these things are going to go right up until the deadline. But then from a more Blue Jays perspective, I think it was maybe confirming what we would have expected the plan at the deadline was, maybe leaning more pitching side. He said something along the lines of making even incremental improvements to our hitters is pretty hard to do right now. So that's as close as it comes to saying that pitching is the priority and then even more granular that swing and miss is the big need in this bullpen and what they're going to try to do at the deadline. Uh, I think it's kind of confirming what everyone would have thought, but still interesting to note that the GM said that ahead of the deadline. Yeah. Toronto has at least the benefit of, you know, establishing themselves in a, in a market with a need, right? Toronto it's very clear that they need relief pitching and, you know, one back end starter. That's, that's been the need for a long time. Now it's been clear. And of course they're, they're contending. So they're buying. Right. And another part of this discussion is that because there's an extra playoff spot, there are more teams who are um, still on the fence of whether they're buying or selling. Right. We think of the Boston Red Sox, for example. I mean, they're a team that was, in in wildcard contention for a long time now they're really really tumbling and playing some uh, some circus like defense uh so they have to weigh you know the possibility of if they want to buy or if they want to sell you know baltimore is another team like that in in the al east that is kind of or likely i i, I don't have any connections in baltimore but pondering the the um, 
I guess the, the debate of whether you, you do a half sell, a retool, do you trade your most valuable guys? Um, you know, Cleveland, Chicago, other teams that are kind of around that area. Um, I, I think that's, that's important too, but Toronto knows, you know, they're, they're buyers. Uh, they're looking for top of the end, top of the line relievers rather. Um, and, you know, they're, they're willing to give up some talent to get it. Now, not to say that they're going to be shelling prospects out to, to get relievers, but Ross Atkins mentioned that he feels like their prospect depth, the Jays prospect depth is, is deep enough that they can, they can make moves using it. So he, I, he used a, he used a word talking about not rebuilding, or he said, well, I'll, I'll pull it up later, but um, changing, I guess, the, I think he said changing the shape of the farm system, um, which is, I guess, as, as much a, a quote you're going to get from Ross Atkins about selling the farm perhaps, or moving some prospects to get major league talent. But it appears that's the route Toronto's going, right? I don't imagine they're going to sell from their, um, from their major league roster. I mean, I know you and I had some very offhand discussion about, you know, do they move their catchers? Do they move Danny Jansen to get a reliever? I think we've talked about that on the podcast. I don't think that's the route they're going at this point. It's coming from the farm system and it seems like Atkins and, and the front office are willing to, uh, to dish out some prospects. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the Jays are in the selling prospect buying major league players business right now and you only have to look at kind of the trade odds ahead of the deadline to see that that's what Vegas thinks too you can go look at the trade odds I think the Jays were listed as a Benintendi trade odds candidate uh, ahead of the deadline but they haven't all the other guys over at bet online our sponsor for this podcast as well uh, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and, and events you can find reviews and news for every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, golf. Uh, Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Uh, you can use our promo code, which is Believe50, which is B L E A V 50, to receive a 50% welcome bonus at, at Bet Online on the mobile or online sites. Uh, I don't know what the Jay's final Benintendi trade odds were, but they were in and around despite the ambiguous vaccination status or ambiguous future vaccinations that's of Andrew Benintendi. But what did you think about him going to New York and him not being a Blue Jay and how that kind of shapes the AL East and what the Jays might do going forward? I think it sets up a couple things. It first, I mean, it confirms that the Yankees are going to be aggressive. I mean, you imagine they were going to do that anyways, given, you know, where they are and that this is a, a legitimate world series caliber team. Um, I think they've been trying to kind of replace Joey Gallo or get some more value out of their, you know, third, fourth outfielder spot. So Ben attendee accomplishes that. Another big takeaway is that I think he's getting vaccinated. That's what I'm, I'm seeing some reports about that. And, you know, he was one of the few guys who, when, you know, before they come to Toronto, we usually get a, a, a grand sermon from each unvaccinated player about the uh, the archaic laws in Canada. To, All the doctors uh, they've talked to. More, more doctors have been talked to in the, last, uh, in the last 24 to 48 hours than ever before. My, my point is, Ben Attendee was one guy who said, maybe if I'm traded to a contender, things change. He's, he, he said that on the record. So... Clearly, he's been traded to a contender and, and things have changed. And the Yankees were notably one of the teams that was able to convince 
their entire roster to get vaccinated. We had that stuff with Aaron Judge and Aaron Boone said, you know, that there are some guys, but when the Yankees came to Toronto for the first time, everyone was vaccinated. Okay. So Ben Intendi is, is, is a member of the Yankees, but he was, Toronto was interested in, in him. According to reports, they were one of the contenders that, that, that were looking to, to deal uh, for him. And they were one of the top contenders to do so. My first thinking there is, does that mean that Toronto is still engaging with unvaccinated players, notably Tyler Maley? He's a starting pitcher for the Reds. Um, who else is an unvaccinated guy who might be of Toronto's interest? And Andrew Chafin, who's supposed yeah. to come to town today. Like, There's a, a lot of the relief market, I think. It feels like every single time a team came to town, there was like one reliever who was one of the unvaccinated guys. Um Brandon Drury, but I don't think they'll be trading for him. I don't think the Brandon uh, Drury return is inevitable. Uh, I don't think so. I don't know what's what's going on with him, but he's having a good season. Um, my other big takeaway from the Ben Attendee deal was, like, I don't know about you. Did you find the price to be kind of low? I mean, like, it was, I guess it was a bundle of prospects. So two guys in the top 20, I think, but very, you know, like, at the end of the top 20, Um I think one of them was was like a fourth round pick recently. So I, I guess decent, decent arms. Um, and you are only getting Ben Attendee for, you know, the next the next two, three months. So I, I guess that uh, but for 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 Ross Atkins talking about prices being, you know, extra steep at this point of the deadline or with, you know, five days to go or so. That doesn't tell me that, you know, the market for. um rental bats is, is overly expensive right now. I don't know. It sets an interesting precedent. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is an interesting takeaway. I'm also very much not plugged into Yankees prospects past the top guys, but I did TJ Sikuma is, was it in fact a name that was on my radar? I think he is supposed to be like a pretty good left-handed pitching prospect. And then I saw like pass and other people saying that the, another guy they got was actually the best prospect in the trade. So if, if I know the second best prospect in the package, maybe it is a bit of a better prospect package, but I think it's the returns for rental players continue somehow every single season continue to be surprisingly low, at least from a, a perceived fan value perspective. Um, which I think is good for the Blue Jays because I, I don't know if aside from maybe a controllable starting pitcher, if they're going to be shopping too heavily in the control market. So maybe they're not giving up their Aurelvis Martinez, Jordan Groshans guys, unless they're going out and getting the big pitcher. They can shop for more the the back end of the rotation or the back end of their, their prospect pool, the depth, the, the 20 to 30 era to address the bullpen, to address maybe a left-handed bat. Um, but then like, sometimes some of these deals just end up being more expensive. I do think Ben Benintendi was kind of a very unique situation because of the weird vaccination status, because of just how good of a season he's having. And like, I'm sure his market was pretty big. So I bet the price got to what it was at now pretty quickly. Um, but aside from that, uh, Benintendi, not going to be a Blue Jay, barring a, a crazy in-division flip at the deadline from the Yankees. Who else do you have your eyes on moving forward? I do. I we'll get to that in a second. I was just I just sure. had a, a, a fleeting thought. So we said the the Yankees were the Yankees prospects that got dealt in the trade were like 1920 on MLB pipeline right around there. So Toronto's equivalent. The 19th best prospect for Toronto is Jasper Zulueta. 
Yikes. So I, I don't know if the internal valuations of the Blue Jays would match that ranking. Yeah, uh, I, I think, think he, I think, I, I mean, think that's, below, that's below, that's below guys like Hagen Danner, Bowden Francis. Uh, yeah, I think they value Zulueta pretty strongly. So then again, it goes back to that discourse online immediately was like, remember that, you know, industry evaluations are not the same. Oftentimes they are actually quite different than, um, than, you know, pipeline and what baseball America will put out. Just I do think especially so in the middle of seasons, I think like baseball America pipeline have gotten pretty good at like matching general industry rankings in off seasons when they can like talk to a lot of people, really sit down, slow things down and not have like guys constantly developing on them in the middle of seasons. But I think once you get to like mid-season changes on those lists, it becomes really difficult to keep up with like who's added a new pitch, like who's gotten hurt, who's had a weirdly good season. Like I do think the mid-season updates are a lot more variable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do see guys hopping up and down the list, right? Like it was Ricky Tiedemann cracked the top 100. And then like the next Baseball America update, he's like the 35th best prospect in baseball. So yeah, it's 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 volatile, and I think that's a good point that you mentioned. Uh, it, it's tough to to update these rankings in, in season. Um, but going back to our more important discussion and the more fun discussion in terms of uh, trade targets that Toronto should be interested in, or that me Ethan thinks they should be interested in, um, because of how much we value my opinion. Um, I'll start with a relief arm from the Cubs, uh, and that's Michael Givens. I think I had one guy that I'm was really excited about and he's a Cubs relief pitcher. So I'm like, are you going to steal my top guy right off? Oh, the bat your here? secret, but, yeah. your secret uh, relief pitcher who we'll talk about in like 45 seconds. <laughs> um, yeah. I like Givens. I, I've been interested in him for a while just because he has a lot of experience pitching in the American league East. Um, he's kind of, he's kind of a high walk guy, but, you take you take the good and the bad because he is also a high strikeout pitcher. Uh, he's I think he he's a sinker slider guy. Um, he's having the uh, the his most case per nine since 2016. He seems to be having a good season. He's been really really consistent again in the American League East with Baltimore for a very long time. And as you pointed out yesterday to me at the ballpark, he is he owns Aaron Judge. What was it? He was one for 14 with 10 strikeouts. 10 strikeouts, yeah. One that's, home run. Uh, I think the hit was a dinger. That, yeah, that's that's not nothing. That's yeah. that's something. Give credit to, I think it was Trevor Plouffe who I saw pointed that out yeah. online. So I, I'm not going to take full credit for that. But I do wonder if teams care about that. Like, I'm sure if you're acquiring Michael Givens, you'd be interested in choosing against everybody. But maybe that's kind of the cherry on top that lets you really justify that trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's a guy you would feel comfortable throwing against the Yankees lineup, right? Like just on, just on Wednesday, I mean, who, who came in, it was Trevor Richards, right? Came in and there's a jam and immediately, like immediately gave up a bomb to Albert Pujols, right? Pujols is a good hitter. Not to say he's the guy he once was, um, but you're not throwing Trevor Richards in a jam against the Yankees against guys like Aaron judge who are better hitters than Albert Pujols, Anthony Rizzo, Giancarlo Stanton, who has owned Trevor Richards, notably hitting home runs off his shoe tops. Um, Yeah. You you need a guy, you need, you need somebody with a better pedigree with better stuff and just 
better energy coming off your body on the mound. I just feel like Toronto has a lot of guys that trot out of the bullpen and they, they're no one's intimidated. No one's thinking twice. It's just, you know, hitters are salivating or, or whatever they're doing, getting ready to hit off these guys. That's the sentiment I get. Bullpen is needed. You heard it here from me. I'm not, it's not an original opinion, but I think it's an important one. Yeah. I think it's the bullpen's probably not going to be where they like spend the best prospect at this deadline or, or send the biggest package, but it's going to be like the most important defining kind of deals they make at this deadline. Like if they, they got a hit on these, like you can't be having Brad hands because then the bullpen just did not get better. And it, the, the bullpen, like I, I think the hate on the bullpen might, might be going a little bit high. I think there's more guys I trust in this bullpen than maybe the rest of the community. Like I think Simber Garcia, Romano, Meza. You trust Phelps? And yeah, Phelps, I think on any given day, like when he has his control, uh, I'm comfortable getting big outs in big games. Uh, I think it's just about filling out the rest of the bullpen with guys who I'm also comfortable with. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that's super attainable. Like really, it's just adding two more guys who can get big outs. And if you want to do it well, you go to the top of the market and then backfill. And then, so then David Phelps becomes like your seventh option in the bullpen. And then you have a really good pen. Uh, a guy I would throw out who I know we've talked about, who I think makes a lot of sense. It's probably going to be pretty pricey if he's moved is Greg Soto. Uh, I think he's just like the nasty lefty high swing and miss throws a hundred miles an hour from as a Southpaw, like everything this bullpen needs. Like you mentioned intimidation on the mound. Like this guy is gigantic. He throws so hard. He, he fits that. And he's also super effective. As you said, with Givens, with these kind of nasty guys, you're going to have control issues at times. It just kind of comes with the territory. But he's been pretty good at not letting that get away from him. Like he's going to walk four guys per nine, but not seven. So you take that. I think he, he does have a lot of control. So it would be like legit prospects are sending back probably not going to cost you an arm and a leg is Chris Martin from the Cubs. If you go to his savant page now, it's not going to be like, ooh, la la, like we got to get this guy. There is a lot of blue, but I think he's like the type of guy that he does exactly what this Blue Jays bullpen needs and wants. He's got the 18th best strikeout percentage minus walk percentage in all of baseball amongst relievers. Like it's better than Emmanuel Classe, better than Mike King. David Bednar, he, he's like outperforming those guys in those numbers. We, we know that's a number the Blue Jays care about. Like at the end of the day, if you're striking out a lot more guys than you walk, you're probably going to have good success. He's got like, he's kind of the Jimmy Garcia mold with like three to four different pitches, throws a cutter, throws a sinker. Like he's got the curveball. And so I think he's like, if you get a second Jimmy Garcia, which he can be maybe not at the premium price, it would be super useful for this bullpen. So yeah, Greg Soto, Chris Martin are probably the two relievers I have at the top of my list. Yeah, we we like, I mean, Greg Soto, if there is a, a reliever on the market that's worth dishing a legitimate prospect for, it's Greg Soto, right? He, I, there's not too many other guys given their age and their control that would make sense. Or the Baltimore guys. Like, uh, I think yeah. those are like your options. You go for, you go for Jorge Lopez, you go for Felix Batista, um, yeah, you go for Brian Baker. Man, that guy should be in a Blue Jays uniform, eh? Um, Chris Martin, interesting. Yeah, a guy that I figure a lot of our listeners probably don't know too much about. Truthfully, I don't know too much about, but he is six foot eight, 
and he was a 28 year old rookie. Um, so he took the, he, he took the traditional the creative bull, route to the majors, the traditional bullpen path rather, yeah. uh, which is show up at a random age, be kind of bad. And then have really worked at good. a brewery at some point in your life. <laughs> yeah. Been out of baseball, indie league, worked for a beer company. Um, yeah. The, the peripherals are, are pretty good at the home runs are a little yeesh, yeah. but, um, yeah, that, that, that's an interesting one. Um, and, but the whole, the, back to the, back to Soto and, and the whole Tigers team. I mean, you could, I mean, the, the Tigers are such a challenged team this year. I think that's a pretty fair word, um, but their bullpen is really good. Their bullpen is good. Um, doesn't help obviously when your offense isn't good um, or your starting pitching is completely absent, but um, uh, Joe Jimenez is a guy that I've really liked for a long time. I think, you know, again, intimidation, he's got, maybe I'm putting too much value into this intimidation factor, but like, I think it's notable. I, I'm, I'm hammering it a little too much. So never mind that for a minute, just look at the stuff aside. He's, he's got really good stuff. He's having a career season. Um, I like him a lot. I, but yeah, he's got another season of control. He's not a free free agent until 2024. Um, I, I like him as a, as, as an upside play, you know, even if he's, just a guy or, you know, you wave him next season if he regresses back to his, his previous, uh, his previous numbers, but he's hot right now. And again, at the deadline, sometimes trading for people is about picking guys who are on hot streaks. I mean, he, Brad hand last year, there were some signs beforehand. <laughs> That's an <laughs> unintentional pun. Um, but yeah, so Brad hand, right. Got him in that cold streak as cold as it gets, same as Jonathan VR 2020. There's just some, some moves just don't hit and Brad hand bouncing back with Philly, you know, this year he's a better pitcher. He's a, he's a usable reliever. He's a helpful reliever, a guy that Toronto probably would want uh, on their team this season. If he was pitching, you know, uh, as he has this season. So Jimenez, not to say that he is um, a guy who's, you know, going to be flawless for the next few years, but, He's hot right now. He's effective right now. And I think, you know, he offers a good dose of what Toronto needs. Yeah. And I think that is an interesting discussion about just like getting guys who right now today are pitching well in any other kind of circumstance from a baseball perspective and like a, a valuation perspective, putting too much value on kind of what have you done in the last three weeks is bad business. Like it, you shouldn't do that. Like you're going to pay too much. Like everyone knows there's so much variance, especially in relievers, but I think the Blue Jays have kind of gotten caught being too smart about their bullpen moves in the past. Like being like, okay, like let's look at the bulk of this guy's career. Like let's look at the last three seasons. What is his, like, where does his his water going to find level as opposed to looking at like, Hey, who's going to help us these next two months. Who's doing it right now? Because I think like, yeah, you mentioned hand. Those are really good examples. Like, Joaquin Soria like, is another good example, right? I mean, he, he, he just kind of fell apart physically, but he's a good example of, of, of pedigree yeah. and experience, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think like, obviously Sergio Romo was more of just kind of like a, let's see what we can get here. But like they, I do understand and get fans gripes with like what they perceive to be bargain shopping. Like, obviously, you got it. You got to do it. Every team does it. You got to try to get upside out of some guys. But, like, I think especially right now when you're trying to win a World Series, you got to pay the premium. You, you got to go out there and give more than you're willing to give. 
be willing to in three years have lost this trade value wise to get a reliever who you think can help you for these next two months? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I yeah going back to, to the the walking story of the Brad Hand. I mean, Toronto's done the opposite a lot, right? Like they they take a guy who's been really cold lately. So, you know, like uh, an Anthony ba- an Anthony Bond is a good example, right? Like a guy who you bring in and you're like, what, what the hell? What do they what do they see in this guy, right? And then you know they try to squeeze and, and juice value out of him. Same reason they traded for guys like uh, Matt Peacock and uh, our buddy Foster Griffin, Forster. Foster. Foster. I don't know. know. Foster. Sorry. Sorry, Mr. Sorry. Sorry, Mr. Griffin. Um, Yeah. I, I'd like, I'd like to see them trade for a guy who's having a good season out of the pen, but perhaps more importantly, you'd like to see them trade for a starting pitcher who's having a good season and keeping with our, our Motown theme there. uh, A report from Ken Rosenthal earlier this week that um, Tarek Skubal might be available. Um, God have mercy on the souls of Tigers fans because uh, <laughs> you're heading for another rebuild if Scoobal goes. And, man, I have no idea what the plan was, and, and it's fallen apart so quickly. So God help you, Detroit Tigers fans and, and members of that organization. But if Tarek Scoobal is legitimately on the market and, you know, Toronto is calling is calling to, to, to find out and they're, and they're talking, I mean – what's a reasonable price you're willing to accept for a guy who, you know, he's 25 years old and he's not a free agent until 2027. I mean, I have some doubts about if Scuba will be a top of the rotation guy. I, I just don't think it that's something he's, he's capable of. Maybe he's a two, maybe he's a three, but this season, I mean, he'll definitely help you and he will help you in the future. So do you, do you break the bank for him? Yeah. I move anyone probably, but Moreno and Tiedemann in that deal. Like, I think you can maybe talk yourself into justifying Tiedemann for, mm-hmm. for Scooble. I know he's like kind of had a very up and down year and I would be hesitant if I'm the Blue Jays who are obviously far smarter than I and are going to do their due diligence. Why is Detroit willing to move this guy? Yeah. Is it good uh, like, what do they see? Like, they're probably going to be trying to win baseball games in the next four seasons. Why is Tarek Scooble not part of that plan? But if it is just them trading him to trade him, then yeah, I'd be almost all in. I think he's a guy who can stabilize this rotation today, fill the spot of Hyunjin Ryu next season. Mm-hmm. And then I think you get two more years after that. Uh, I think it's the exact type of guy that you break the bank for. Uh, I think obviously Castillo and Montes, you're going to do the same for, uh, even though they're more one and a half years of control guys, more of the Jose Barrios molds. But yeah, those three guys are probably the top controllable arms on my radar. Uh, I got a lot of kind of rental options that I think could help stabilize the rotation, but are there, do you have any more thoughts on Scoobal or the controllable guys? Yeah. One more controllable guy. And again, from um, Ken Rosenthal at the athletic, right? He's, I guess, opened everyone's eyes to the idea of the Houston Astros selling, Mm -hmm. right? So they had, they're apparently, (laughs) and this tells you how much I care about the Astros. um, Apparently they're rolling with a six man rotation. I know that, you know, they have a lot of starters. I know that Christian Javier has flip-flopped between the rotation and the bullpen. But when McCullers comes back, and God knows why he's been out so long, um, but when he does come back, and that's expected to be sometime in August, they're going to have seven legit starters on that team. And 
pitching depth is awesome and it's going to help you a ton in the playoffs. Uh, but Houston has other aspects of their lineup that they want to address, notably, you know, at catcher and um, I believe it's the outfield too. They need some help at, but uh, I like some of those options that Houston has to offer. And, and for me, it comes down to a guy like Jose or Um, You know, he's not an exceptionally dominant stuff guy, um, but he's dependable when he's healthy. He has, he has missed some time with injury. Uh, he missed a lot of time last season. Um, he's a bit Homer prone. Again, this kind of comes from the ordinary stuff, but he's dependable. And you know what? He has playoff experience. He's a, he's pretty much your ideal fourth, fifth. If he's your fifth starter, you get a pretty good rotation. And the Astros do have a good rotation, hence why they're making these deals. But, you know, if Jose Arquiti comes in as Toronto's fifth guy, fourth guy, like that's, I think that's phenomenal. And he's, he's, he's not a free agent until 2026. Do I feel comfortable, you know, giving up a legit prospect, like you said, an irrelevance of Groshans for, I mean, you can maybe talk about Groshans for Arquiti, but if it's like Harelvis, Gabby Moreno, who's a catcher, right. That I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that for Kitty. I just think his ceiling's too low, but um, definitely someone that uh, I, I think Toronto should keep an eye on. Yeah, I agree. I think the thing is the trade fit between Houston and Toronto is so bizarre. Cause like at the end of the day, why would they help a team that could be matching up against them in the ALDS in a couple of weeks? I think they'd maybe more, be more inclined to trade one of those guys to the NL uh, just from like a take a step back. Like, is this going to hurt us perspective? But like Jake Odorizzi even is like maybe the seventh guy in that seven man rotation. And I think he would make a lot of sense for what the Jays need right now. He's kind of the last two seasons. He's been the same, like not a lot of strikeouts, but solid 4.2 ERA guy. Like if you put Ross Stripling in him as your four five, you know you're going to get a start and you're going to get five innings every single time out and they're going to probably give you a chance to win and that's really with how the lineup's hitting right now that's all they need from those spots so if you don't want to go out and get a rental or or pay a little more for kind of an upside arm a guy you'd be comfortable starting a playoff game I think a guy like Odorizzi makes a lot of sense but I, I do think like they might go out and get a guy who they're comfortable pitching in a playoff game and the guy for me who is that is Noah Syndergaard. Uh, I think this guy, like maybe I'm just falling in love with the narrative of the return too much because the strikeouts are down. The velocity on the fastball is definitely down. He's not the dude he was for the Mets, but I think he can be a super reliable third starter for this team. And then you don't have to rely on Jose Barrios being an ace. He can be, kind of the, the three, four alongside Syndergaard and you kind of roll the hot hands moving forward. But uh, I do think he makes a lot of sense. I know there's a bunch of other rental starters, but the market's not that deep. So he was the guy that really stuck out to me, I think. Yeah, the, uh, the return narrative that everyone's been so fixated on for the last little while. I mean, I'm, I think we're pretty sure that Toronto gave an offer to Syndergaard in the offseason, right? Yeah, they did per person so i think we can take that <laughs> yeah i think we i think we can run with that one yeah like i mean he made a lot of sense in the offseason and i think there were a, a couple of guys on the angels you know notably Syndergaard and then i think michael lorenzen before he got injured made a decent amount of sense for toronto 
Um, it just came down to, <laughs> again, what the hell is going on <laughs> in Los Angeles with the Angels? I mean, another absolute gong show of a season. So I think, I mean, they're obviously going to sell. I think at this point they have to have accepted that they are not contending. Now, that means a, a whole Shohei Otani sell. That's a whole different story. But I think, like you said, the the expiring deal pieces like Syndergaard, I like that idea. I like that idea. I'm going to say the word again. I'm going to say intimidation. I'm going to say it because Syndergaard <laughs> is a mean dude, man. He, he, he doesn't have the 100-mile-per-hour fastball anymore. Fine. But he is a he's he's an intimidating guy, and I, I remember some beef he had with the uh, the Royals in the playoffs back in the day about you know people can come meet me sixty feet six inches away. I mean he has the fire, like you said, the playoff experience. He might be the best rental option out there for Toronto right now. Yeah, agreed. I think it's kind of Jose Quintana and him kind of pick your poison, assuming Martin Perez and his two point whatever ERA are not getting moved out of Texas. Those are kind of the two guys who uh, I think beyond the Montes and Castillos are guys that will make a lot of sense for teams that need starting pitching. But that means you're going to be bidding against a lot of teams. And I don't know how much you want to be paying for a rental that still has question marks, both of those guys. I do ultimately think that the starting pitching move will really be a depth option. I think they're comfortable with the three they have now with Barrios pitching a little better with Stripley being super consistent. Um, so yeah, whether that's a Drew Smiley, whether that's like Odorizzi, like we talked about before, uh, I think they might spend more upside in the bullpen and then insulate the rotation. But are there any other kind of starting pitching guys who suck out to you? Um, no, not not especially. I'll, I'll let you maybe throw one more name you have out there, and then uh, we can go into our one hypothetical trade that we <laughs> we'd like to see outside the league. I have come up with a modest idea. Um, and then we can finish on that. So I'll, I'll throw back to you. Okay, sure. This I'm, I'm going to just dump names. I, I wrote down a lot of names that I, I've kind of been viewing for the last little bit and I think make a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, I mentioned Drew Smiley starters, but then back in the bullpen, Zach Jackson with Oakland, I think makes a lot of sense. Tanner Scott with Miami. It's like a 70% slider guy, but he's a lefty. Strikes out a ton of people. High Anthony spin, Bass. high velo. While you're in Miami. Bass was the next guy on the list. <laughs> um, and then... Yeah. Legend all-star Joe Mantiply. I, I don't know if the Arizona can do that to their fan base, trading their all-star in Joe Mantiply, but he's been really, really good this year. So if we, if the Jays want to do what we've been talking about and just like pay for the guy who's doing it right now, Joe Mantiply would, would make sense. Mm-hmm. And we'll add, we'll add Daniel Bard to that list. And then uh, I had a couple of position player guys too, like a David Peralta from, from the Diamondbacks. Like if you want to make incremental additions or add another element as a left-handed bat, you know, I, I think we're definitely leaning towards the uh, the notion that perhaps these position player deals might not happen. But if they do, I kind of like David Peralta's power profiles, decent defense in the corners. And then another guy like Tyler Naquin, too. Similar similar thing. Lots of swing and miss, but, you know, the potential for some power. In terms of my we'll, – we'll step out of our Blue Jays lens and uh, look at the league uh, overall. I think – so – Using um, Ken Rosenthal's report this morning as kind of a jumping point, I think I think the Red Sox will sell. That's my prediction now. I've come around to it. I think we could see someone like Nathan Navaldi, um 
going to a contender, particularly, you know, an NL West contender. So mm. Dodgers, maybe Padres. I kind of, I kind of have a gut feeling he'll go to the Padres, but when you look at the bet online odds too, I think the twins are up there, which is, which is a little interesting. Um, but I think Evaldi is the, the, the most logical guy for them to sell, you know, at the beginning. Yeah. I think that, I think if they do sell the Bogarts probably still has a good shot of staying. So mm-hmm. then you, you move JD Martinez and Evaldi, see what you get there and then try to extend your, your franchise shortstop. I'm my kind of non blue Jays trade prediction, very similar mold. I think, uh, a starter, top starter going to the NLS. I think Luis Castillo just makes so much sense for the Dodgers. Like that rotation has had four really good guys right now with Tony Gonsolin being like completely unbeatable. Then you got Arias, Kershaw. Uh, I'm forgetting someone else who's been really good for them. Is, is Dustin May back yet? No. He's back. I saw he's pitching. I don't know if he's going to jump into a rotation role though. No, they'll probably then, gas him up out of the bullpen again. Yeah, of course. As always, they got Bruce Targratterall. They got May. They they got everybody. And so of course they will add another dude in Luis Castillo. And I think that would be a huge ad for them. I think it'd be, he. I can just see him in Dodger white and blue. And so I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And we'll, excuse me, we'll see when we come back next week, man, we will, I mean, hopefully we'll have a lot to talk about, right? That would be ideal for Blue Jays fans. That would be ideal for this roster. That would be ideal for the media, believe it or not. Well, Um, I think if we don't have much to talk about, we still have a lot to talk about (laughs) because then we're talking about how they didn't do anything. Oh man. Um, No, I just, they're, they're going to add, they have to. I mean, I remember who would have been the GM back there was a year I think it was Anthopolis when they when the Jays didn't add they didn't add and it was a big deal and and Bautista was openly Jose Bautista was openly critical about them not adding I think 2014 deadline that's what that was yeah yeah um Toronto those players in the clubhouse you know they're talking about deals we spoke to Ross Stripling they're you know goofing around saying who are we going to trade you know or who are we going to trade for um not to say that, you know, the clubhouse turns if they don't trade for anybody, but it is notable um, that everyone is kind of hoping for a trade and looking forward to it. So when we speak, when we're chatting with you guys next week, hopefully we'll have uh, a lot to talk about for the right reasons. So in the meantime, enjoy the series against the Tigers. You say Kikuchi on the mound. Um, hold on to your hats. Take a drink of something if you need it. But uh, it, it should be a lot of fun and, and we'll talk to you guys next week.